All right, the big story today, of course, is the Trump indictment. We have a lot more to get to, but we begin with this woke DA, Alvin Bragg. We've been waiting for years for Alvin Bragg to actually prosecute somebody, and he finally, finally, he's going to charge somebody with a crime, but it's Trump. I mean, the man has like thousands of violent criminals, Alvin Bragg, within 10 blocks, 10 block radius of the DA's office in Manhattan. He's, he's got to extradite Trump from Florida and make up a crime that doesn't exist. You cannot make this stuff up. And the amount of hoops that they're going through, turning a legal payment, the kind of payment that happens every day, turn that into a misdemeanor, which it's not, and then turn that into a felony, conjuring something up from thin air. Why? Because Alvin, because Alvin Bragg is funded by George Soros, and it's all about the agenda. It's all political. They want to say that they want the headlines. They want the front page of the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, Trump first ever former president to be indicted with a crime. I mean, Elon Musk said, he said, arresting Trump, indicting Trump, you don't understand you're going to galvanize his base, not just his base. Elon Musk took it further than I would have even said. He says, you're ensuring that Trump will win by a landslide. He says, all this is going to do is energize every single voter. I mean, this is going to infuriate mainstream, I'm talking establishment Republicans, people who are just outraged that you have George Soros now running the justice system in our country. So, look, I'm hearing that the indictment is imminent. As I record this, the time that I'm recording this, they're saying the indictment is imminent. When you're listening, he may have already been indicted. We will see. But just think about the sheer corruption of the Democrat establishment. You got literally last week, it was confirmed that the Biden crime family took millions of dollars from the Chinese communist government. Bank records, this is confirmed by the House Oversight Committee. Uh, literally bank records. Okay, pure bribery by China. No charges filed against the Biden family, against Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, or any of them. But Trump, Trump is the one getting indicted. And then Trump called for protest, right? Trump put out on Truth Social, he wants people to protest. He didn't say anything about violence. He didn't say anything about insurrection. He said protest, right? And people are having a meltdown. I'm hearing, even hearing some on the right having a meltdown. Why would you be upset that Trump is calling for protests? You literally have this Soros-funded leftist DA who just literally has crime rampant throughout New York City. Crime is rampant throughout New York City. This is like communist Russia, where they're indicting the enemy. They're indicting the political dissident. You have crime rampant in New York City. The DA is not doing his job. I mean, it's just pure socialism here in every big city in the United States because George Soros is basically running the country. The man is pure evil and supports anarchy. And you got Alvin Bragg prosecuting a former president of the United States because he doesn't like his po he disagrees with his politics. That's communist Russia stuff. So why should we not be protesting? The answer is because now the Democrats have accomplished with the whole January 6th nonsense, the Democrats have made it like protest is taboo. The BLM riots, those are okay. Violent riots, policemen who were killed, that you know to, 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 uh, stores that were torched, burned down, all that was fine. The violent, the mostly peaceful BLM riots. But if Trump calls for protests, oh, wow, everybody's having a meltdown. How could he do that? Doesn't he remember what happened January 6th? Look at the backlash. How, you, do, do you realize how dangerous it is to ask Republican Trump voters to protest? Of course we need to be protesting this. But the Democrats, it's like election fraud, right? There were all sorts of election irregularities in November 2022, this past election, the midterms. And if you said anything about it, you're a conspiracy theorist and you got shot down and discredited because the Democrats, they've like put such a taboo 
on things like protesting because of January 6th and uh, election fraud, which is rampant among Democrat voters. And uh, you're not allowed to say it now because then you're, you're some kind of like crazy MAGA lunatic or something like that. But of course we should protest. And, and, and by the way, even if you do not agree with the protest, but like why are you picking on Trump and why are you making that into the issue? It reminds me of you know, in Israel you have – uh, Betzalel Smotrich, right? He's a, a very right-wing politician in Israel, and he, he basically said they should wipe out Huara, and uh, where, where there have been two very, very, very devastating terror attacks recently. And uh, people were all up in arms and outraged, and eventually I think he retracted or apologized. And look, whether you agree or disagree with him about wiping out Huara, that's like a very, very minor issue compared to the bigger picture. And don't pick on Betzalo Smotrich and don't make the story about him. Ron DeSantis pointed out that he is the only governor in the country. He pointed out that uh, Alvin Bragg, funded by Soros, is doing Soros' bidding here by indicting Trump. And he said he's the only governor in the country, meaning DeSantis, who actually had the courage to fire a Soros DA. You have Soros DAs all around the country. Uh, Philadelphia, St. Louis, you know, we've got, we've gone through this. And uh, DeSantis got a lot of flack in Florida when he fired a Soros DA. Remember that? And literally, DeSantis is right. I mean, why are are other governors not following suit? A lot of these uh, states that have Soros-backed DAs are Democrat-run states, of course, with Democrat governors. But it's really, really very Frightening. By the way, a caller made the point. He said, you know, Trump should like go and commit like a violent crime. Trump should shoplift or Trump should do something violent. Obviously, we're not really recommending this because then Bragg would exonerate him in a heartbeat <laughs> if he became a violent criminal. Uh, you really cannot make this stuff up. So then just think about this, just to show you the corruption and the absurdity of these charges. Federal prosecutors considered the charges for a very long time. They felt there was no case. They dismissed, declined to charge Trump. The previous Manhattan DA, who was quite leftist, what was his name, Cyrus Vance, he declined to press these same charges against Trump. By the way, uh, the statute of limitations is like five years on this, and it's already a seven-year-old crime. And as I said, same week that it was revealed that and, – and some people think this whole thing is just a smokescreen. The timing here is just to distract from all the scandals happening with Biden right now. But do you realize that Biden has spoken with President Xi of China? Biden's in the back pocket of China. He's spoken with President Xi multiple times. They've had like hours-long conversations. He never brought up COVID. He never, and I understand Biden is forgetful, he never ever brought up, hey, by the way, any idea where COVID came from? There's a big debate. Some people think it came out of a bat, but there's a lot of evidence that it came out of the Wuhan lab. Do you have any thoughts, President Xi? You know, while we're having a conversation anyway, like, can you bring it up? But it, it's egregious that he never he never brought it up, and, and he hasn't retaliated over the Chinese spy balloon. There's been no retaliation. Imagine Trump, right? Trump would always retaliate if, if, if enemies in the United States ever, you know, conducted any kind of attack or any some kind of threat, any kind of threat, right? And, and, and here you have a Chinese spy balloon, at least one, maybe many, literally spying on the United States for days and days and no retaliation whatsoever against China. I mean, and now you have President Xi, we told you, brokering the deal with the Saudis and the Iranians. Now President Xi is meeting with Putin. Okay, so Xi and Putin, Putin, China and Russia are forging this very strong alliance. I mean, they are just totally leaving the United States out of the loop. They are laughing at Biden. They are making a total mockery of him. And anybody looks at the big picture. If, if, if like an alien came from outer space and started looking and saying, all right, United States, uh, let's see, you had COVID, you had China, you have Russia, Iran, you know, you, you have all these com- countries cutting these deals with one another, making billions and millions and trillions of dollars and uh, g- conducting all these 
uh, military threats against the United States and like zero retaliation, like like the United States. What is it? A third world country? I mean, how how, how weak and marginalized that the United States become. And remember, they wanted to get Trump on the classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. Remember when that was like treason? And they're, they're literally every media pundit is telling us, no, this is really bad. I know it sounds normal for a president, former president to have classified documents in his closet. But no, this is treason. This is a major scandal. Then, well, Biden's doing it too. And then they said, well, you can't compare Biden to Trump because Trump, Trump Biden just has a few documents. You know, Trump had hundreds of documents. And then wait, wait a second, it turns out that Biden has them in like every state in America. Like Biden, they've found, so far they've discovered Biden classified documents in at least five different offices that are run by Biden and wide open for anybody to grab, unlike Trump's, which were behind lock and key. So Biden's crime is exponentially worse. Suddenly that's no longer a crime. Okay, well, we've forgotten that one. Never mind. That thing we said about classified documents, that was overblown. You know, it turns out that that wasn't really a crime at all. Hillary committed real campaign finance violations. Literally, Hillary's campaign funded the Steele dossier, and Trump got impeached over that. Hillary got virtually no punishment. She got she got a fine. She got a, a, a financial penalty over funding the Steele dossier, which was literally uh, uh, used for – that was campaign finance violation, a real one, not like the Trump bogus one. Because she didn't report that. That was literally funded by her campaign as opposition research. It was it was a fake, phony document, as we know. And, uh, and, and, and Hillary gets no punishment. But Trump is the one who's getting indicted over campaign finance violations. So think about, have you ever heard of a more corrupt system? Okay, that is literally, and anybody who's ever known Trump uh, has been either indicted or investigated, threatened, with all sorts of legal action, just for the fact that they're associated with Trump. Now, I had a caller who said to me, because we keep telling you about how, you know, Trump is so strong in the polls, even against DeSantis. Nobody else is even close to Trump in a lot of the polls. Look, it's early. We have to see how it all plays out. But I keep saying that, you know, Trump's popularity within the Republican Party among his base is maybe as strong as it's ever been. Maybe not, but very, very strong. And I keep saying I think Trump is going to win the primary. And a caller said to me, and this is somebody who calls me a lot, you know, has been a loyal listener for quite a long time. He said that gets him terrified. He said the thought of Trump winning the primary uh, is very frightening to him. And by the way, I understand. I, I keep saying this over and over again. I understand both sides of this. I keep telling you the facts. The facts are that Trump's polling numbers are through the roof. He's still the strongest Republican candidate. He's the candidate to beat by far. Nobody else is even close except for DeSantis right now. And look, as they campaign, as they travel throughout the country, their numbers should go up. You know, some of these other candidates, Nikki Haley, I don't know, you know, Mike Pompeo, we'll see. I'm skeptical. Mike Pence. But Pence, you think, has a high profile at this point. He was VP for, for four years. So if Pence's numbers are not there, you have to wonder how much he can do about that. But my point is, you know, I think Trump is the most likely candidate to win the primary. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I happen to think that Trump could win a re-election in 2024. But that's not my point. My point is I just think he's going to win the primary. I think that's a fact you're going to have to accept unless some, you know, unless some kind of very, very crazy thing happens. And Trump getting indicted is not, to me, is not outlandish. That, that's not going to prevent him. Like I said, maybe that even makes him strong. But uh, a caller said... Look, I agree. I think that Trump was a great president. I think that Trump was successful. He really, really accomplished so much uh, for the country but and for the Republican Party, but he's not electable. Those are the words that the caller used. He's not electable. So uh, here's my response to that, is whether you think Trump could win, cannot win, would be a good president. 
it's, you cannot call him not electable. And I understand that's a little hyperbole. It's just too strong, okay, to say he's not electable when he got like 80 million votes, I think, last time or something like that. I mean, he got, it's not like he lost in a landslide to Biden and, again, election fraud and all of that. But even if you assume that it was legit, even if you assume that he lost legitimately, it was really, really close. And uh, and Biden's been a total disaster as a president. So if Biden does run again, uh, th- that gives whoever runs against Biden an edge, even if Biden does not win- run again. Uh, whoever runs in place of Biden or, you know, whichever Democrat runs, you know, they're basically running on the Biden record to a large degree. It's not like they're going to say, well, the Democrat Party has been good for the country the last four years. It's been a total, total nightmare. So th- th- that's my point is you want to say, listen, Trump has negatives. Uh, it, look, DeSantis or whoever the Republican candidate ends up being, if it's not Trump, believe me, the media is going to pound away. The media is going to find some skeleton. There'll be some October surprise. They're going to suppress and bury any scandal that's discovered about the Democrat candidate, but whoever the Republican, at least Trump, you know all the skeletons, you know, get get ready, get ready, because they always find things. Everybody's got something. And if they don't find it, they, they, they fabricate it and make it up, as we've seen, as they've done to Trump. Don't think it's like, you think the media is going to say, oh, Ron, the media can't stand Ron DeSantis. He, he's done, like I said, he fired that DA. He's done a lot of things in Florida, which, uh, you know, passed legislation that, you know, the woke media cannot stand. So it's not like they're going to say, well, Trump is not running, DeSantis is running, Trump's not running, Haley's running. So we're going to go easy. You know, we're not going to be as vicious. They're going to be extremely vicious. And there's going to be things that are newly discovered. With Trump, there's nothing new. I mean, it's all been recycled again and again. So to say, number one, Trump is not electable, I, I just don't think that's fair. I mean, the man is still very, very popular. And, I, you know, he could, I'm not saying that he's going to win, but I'm also not saying that he's not electable. So I think that's getting carried away. And I also don't think it's a slam dunk that, you know, some other Republican candidate, I understand you're going to say another Republican candidate has certain strengths because they don't have the same kind of negatives, the mean tweets, all the controversies, all the scandals. Look, we could debate that. All right, moving on to other news of the day. Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree has pulled eggs from its stores now. Because eggs are too expensive. Thank you, President Biden. Of course, it's not Dollar Tree anymore. It's Dollar Twenty Five Tree, as I always say. Thanks to Biden, it's also Three Dollar Tree and Five Dollar Tree. Because now they have Dollar Tree has three tiers. Under Biden, Dollar Tree raised their prices to Dollar Twenty Five, and they increased to two more tiers: the Three Dollar and the Five Dollar tier. And for some reason, eggs don't fit into any of those categories. Not sure why they can't try. I guess Five Dollars for for a dozen eggs in in Dollar Tree it would just be a little steep. That would just you know turn turn off a lot of shoppers. So listen to this. The price of a dozen eggs as of February averages $4.21. And I think that price is down, by the way. But a year ago, a dozen eggs was $2.05. Now it's $4.21. It's insane. It's just insane. Well, it's the, it's the flu. It's the bird flu or the bird virus or something. It's the avian flu. Don't, don't blame Biden. Yeah, it's, it's Putin's fault. The, the, the price of eggs being skyrocketed out of control. Blame Putin. Meanwhile, some famous pizza shop in New York City is is now raising its prices. It, it, apparently, I don't, I've never heard of this, but apparently this pizza shop, I'll find the name here in a second. Apparently, they've been charging a dollar a slice, like forever, like for decades. Oh, Two Brothers Pizza. Two Brothers Pizza in Manhattan has been charging one dollar a slice for decades. And thanks to Biden, they've been trying. They've been trying to keep the price low. But they are being forced to raise the price, I guess, to a dollar fifty a slice. Quote, over the past few years, we've done everything in our power to keep the slices at a dollar, refusing to compromise on quality, said the co-owner. But we are no longer able to break even. So thank you, President Biden. This one store, that this one holdout store in New York City, 
They literally cannot turn a profit or even break even if they sell a slice for only a dollar. They tried everything, but Biden forced them to raise prices. Can't make this stuff up. Philadelphia is paying millions of dollars in damages to BLM rioters. BLM rioters who were injured that, you know, look, maybe the police went into these people's bedrooms, went into their houses, forced them, pulled them out of their house, took them to a violent riot and said, here, we're going to injure you. It could be that these people, you know, they deserve to be compensated. (laughs) And this is redistribution of wealth. They're finding all sorts of creative ways now to redistribute wealth. And one of them is having BLM rioters and having minorities sue and you're having illegals, right? Illegals are now suing the government and saying we're treated unfairly. So the government now owes you money. So the taxpayers, we have to pay illegals and we have to pay criminals and violent rioters, BLM rioters. We have to pay them out of our tax dollars to somehow compensate them because they were harmed by law enforcement because law enforcement was actually doing their job. This is just it's sickening. So be uh, Philadelphia paying millions in damages to BLM rioters. And uh, it's happening all around the country. The, the, Philadelphia is paying $9 million to, what, 267 rioters who were injured during the police response to protests. Okay, that's how they're couching this. That's how they're framing this. The police responding to the BLM rioters injured these violent, these mostly peaceful protesters. So now we have to pay them millions of dollars. And, of course, the lawyers are going to make plenty of money as well. Biden has vetoed his first bill. Listen to this. This bill would have was was actually it was passed. It was a bipartisan bill because, uh, you know, they need Democrats in the Senate to pass any of these bills. So there were some Democrats that voted for this. It, it, it was designed to protect seniors retirement savings from woke investments. And I want to explain this. And Biden vetoed this. So what they were trying to do is they're trying to there are people who manage these these federal government managers of certain retirement funds. And what they're doing is they're investing this is seniors' retirement funds. This is like the, the money that old people are, are, are relying on when they retire for certain retirement funds. And the managers of the retirement funds, they're figuring out, well, would these investments help climate change or not, help, uh, help fight climate change, instead of what would be the best return on investment, instead of which investment is actually going to make the most money for the seniors, for the old people. So this bill – ended a Biden administration rule allowing federal managers of retirement plans to consider factors like climate change, social impact, or pending lawsuits when making investment choices. So Trump banned this. Basically, here's what this does. It ensures that the government does actually what's best for the seniors to grow their money, okay? Not what's best for the climate. When you invest in a retirement fund, you take that money and invest that money, there's only one factor that should matter. What's going to make the seniors who are getting the money, what's going to make it them the most money, okay? What's going to be the best investment, not what's going to be the best for the climate? What's going to be the best for the radical woke agenda? So here's, here's the tweet. Biden put out a tweet when he or whoever you know, runs, his, runs the White House uh, after Biden vetoed this, quote, this bill would risk your retirement savings by making it illegal to consider factors that MAGA House Republicans don't like. That's a quote. That's the, literally a direct quote from the Biden tweet. This bill would risk your retirement savings by making it illegal to consider risk factors that MAGA Republicans don't like. Okay, that is false. That is false. What factors do MAGA Republicans not like? They don't like climate change being used to determine where to invest the seniors' retirement funds. Before Biden took office, retirement fund managers could consider only investment returns. Only investment returns. That was the only factor they were allowed to consider. But Biden allows them to factor into account collateral benefits other than investment return, including factors like 
climate change. And especially think about Silicon Valley Bank, right? They collapsed partially, partially the reason they collapsed is because they used, you know, investors' money to fight climate change and to make all sorts of woke investments and green energy investments rather than investing where you think you're going to get the best return. It's just outrageous. Um, Here, Kevin McCarthy tweeted, quote, President Biden's first veto is against a bipartisan bill that protects retirement savings from political interference. It's clear President Biden wants Wall Street to use your hard-earned money not to grow your savings but to fund a far-left political agenda that will hurt seniors and workers, especially after Biden's reckless spending caused record inflation and rapid interest rates rate hikes. Uh, Elon Musk fact-checked a tweet from Joe Biden. (laughs) Unbelievable. Elon Musk uh, responded to a tweet, to a false tweet. Biden falsely claimed in a tweet, again, whoever's running, number one, whoever's running the the Biden Twitter account, which is very boring. I miss Trump's mean tweet. Trump, he was such a nasty tweeter. Even now you read his posts on Truth Social. I mean, it's masterful. Trump, it's a work of art when you read his tweet. He has tweeted about, about getting indicted and about woke DA Alvin Bragg, who's run by Soros. It's just, just amazing to watch. And well, yeah, he, but he was so nasty and he'd say such vicious. I don't know. It was entertaining, honestly. And I, I, I miss those days. But, uh, Biden, uh, whoever runs his Twitter account, whoever runs the White House, whoever runs the Oval Office, I don't know. But, um, the point is that in this tweet, Biden falsely claimed that billionaires on average pay 3% in taxes. And that's false. That's based on, and, and, and here, let me see this tweet over here. Um, Biden, Biden put out a tweet over the weekend suggesting that billionaires don't pay their fair share in taxes. Uh, quote, look, I think you should be able to be a billionaire if you can earn it, but just pay your fair share. By the way, I don't believe that. I don't think that Democrats, other than Biden, Biden wants himself to be a billionaire. Democrats, they don't, they don't think it's fair for people to be billionaires. Why does he even have to say that? Think about this. Whoever wrote the tweet, right? I think you should be able to be a billionaire if you can earn it. Just pay your fair share. Like the insinuation that you notice it, it's subtle. Like Bernie Sanders always says, like it's unfair. Being a billionaire is unfair. You know, he said that about millionaires till he became a millionaire himself. But like they really look at it as like it's it's not right. It's unjust for somebody to work hard and make a lot of money and to become a billionaire. That, that's not equity. It's not social equity. So they have to say it. Well, I think it's fair. Like they have to like make the point, justify. Like it's okay. It's okay for somebody to be a billionaire. Why do you have to say that? Like, it's okay for you to breathe oxygen. You want to inhale oxygen. You want to be able to walk freely. Like, I think that's okay. That doesn't need to be spoken, right? But here's what uh, Biden said. Biden included a graphic saying that billionaires pay an average of 3%. Average billionaire pays 3% in taxes. So that's false because it's based on the notion that unrealized capital gains are considered income. In other words, Here's how they come to that 3%. If somebody invests in a stock or invests in a company and that company is worth like a billion dollars and they don't sell the company, they don't sell their ownership, their shares in the company, it's just it, it's valued at a billion dollars and then they pay a certain amount of taxes, well, what percentage are they paying of their total wealth? And What do you mean? It's unrealized. They didn't sell the next year. That, 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 that company could collapse and then it's worth zero. So unrealized capital gains, that is not considered income. Legally, that's not considered income. You don't have to pay taxes on unrealized capital gains. That's just not how the system works. So they're doing – it's phony math where they're counting that toward income and saying, well, only paying 3%. It would be like basically uh, you know, uh, 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 claiming that they own more money than they really own or more assets than they really own and saying, well, you're only paying taxes on half a percent, on 1%. Yeah, because you're using wealth. You're counting income that is not – legally considered income and should not be considered income because they could lose the money the next day. So Elon Musk, he literally responded 
to, to, to Biden. He said, quote, I paid 53% taxes on my Tesla stock options, so I must be lifting the average. I also paid more income tax than anyone ever in history of Earth in 2021, and we'll do that again in 2022, Musk tweeted. You know, and, uh, and he pointed to the community notes, which questioned the accuracy of the Biden tweet of the 3%, uh, the false 3% figure. But Musk saying, I'm bringing up the average a lot, 53% on Tesla stock options and more income tax than anyone ever in history in 2021. And again, he's going to do that in 2022. Unbelievable. Uh, we may find out the truth on Wuhan, on the COVID, the, you know, the Chinese COVID virus, the Chinese virus, the China virus. Uh, who knows if we're really, what we're really going to find out. I'm skeptical, but we are going to get some more information, which is exciting. Uh, the truth on Wuhan may soon be known because a bill was passed and Biden actually signed this one. He didn't veto this one. This bill was passed, I believe, unanimously. A bill was passed last week in Congress, which would declassify intel on the origins of COVID-19, allow the public to see what government agencies, the the proof or the evidence that government agencies have been investigating um, that uh, that the virus leaked out of the Wuhan lab. The legislation is called the COVID-19 Origin Act of 2023. It passed the Senate unanimously and the House unanimously. So even the Democrats give them a little credit here that they actually voted in favor. Why would you not? Why would you not vote in favor of transparency and of releasing this information to the public? So it offers the Director of National Intelligence to declassify within 90 days all information relating to the potential links between the Wuhan uh, lab and COVID-19. And then a, a report's going to be submitted to Congress. So this is pretty exciting. We'll keep an eye on that. A San Francisco Democratic politician is calling for more police. This woman, she called to defund the police back in 2020. And now she's saying, we don't have enough police. My neighborhood is riddled with crime. This is Hillary Ronan. Uh, San Francisco Democratic District Supervisor at a meeting with the Budget Appropriations Committee in San Francisco last week. She advocated for more police in the Mission District. The Mission District is in the 9th District, which she represents. And uh, 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 as Fox News reports, uh, she back in 2020, she said, we got to defund the police. And we'll read you that quote in a moment. But now she's slamming San Francisco's police chief. She's, she's saying, that they're in, they're not sending enough police to mission. We need to, mission is again the mission district, which is in her district. She says, we need more. I feel betrayed by the department. I feel betrayed by the mayor. I feel betrayed by the priorities of the city. She's saying that they're sending police to other areas, but they're not focusing on her neighborhood, which is riddled with crime. In 2020, in the wake of the George Floyd protests, Ronan tweeted that the city's police force needed to be defunded. Quote, I want to make it clear, I believe strongly in defunding the police and reducing the number of officers on our force. For decades, we've had an imbalance in the city's budget, hundreds of millions of dollars going to the police force to have them do work they're not qualified to do. Well, the police were not qualified. They weren't qualified. And now, now that she's getting suffering from the results of the defunding the police and uh, the they said, you know what? All right, we'll send police and San Francisco in general. I mean, the, the policies there are so left to so radical. This is the same city that wants to give five million dollars out per person to qual- black people who qualify for uh, reparations. And what happened was in 2020, Democrat, San Francisco Democrat mayor reallocated $120 million from policing to other initiatives. As a result, the crime in San Francisco spiked 
Homicides increased by 20% in 2020 compared to 2019. What a shock. And then another 17% in 2021. So crime is spiking in San Francisco. And these Democrats who were begging to defund the police, because the police don't know what they're doing. And it's just a waste of money. We got to give the, the, that money to social programs and to minority communities. Uh, by the way, crime is so bad in San Francisco, it takes 15 hours on average for police to respond to a 911 call about a burglary. That is just very, very frightening. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.